0: They tell me I have an accent. You have the accent. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've got a Bible so big it can choke a horse. (laughs) and Whenever it gets on a stand, the stand tends to go down. (laughs) It's good to be here with my daughter. Uh, She's currently attending a school in uh, Connecticut, so God has opened a door, and of course she's loving America. I said zero to ten, thank you. (laughs) Just what I needed. (laughs) Zero to ten, how have you enjoyed your first couple of months in America? And she says nine, Dad. I really love the Americans, I love the teachers, I love the place I'm staying, so we're so grateful to God for that. I am, I, I am what they call a Heinz 57 variety uh, of person. I was born in a place called Zambia. Uh, how many of you know where Zambia is? How many of you have been to Zambia? No chance, okay. Okay. I was born in Zambia, I spent many years there until I finished my schooling, and then moved to a place called Zimbabwe. Um, you might know of Zimbabwe, and uh, I fought the war there for a number of years, um, and all my firsts come out of Zimbabwe. And then uh, from there, I moved to South Africa, and uh I pastored a church. I moved because God called us into a, a city called Johannesburg. And um, many years ago when I was called into the ministry, I I prayed a simple little prayer. The prayer was this, Lord, please send me anywhere you want to in the world except Johannesburg and America. (laughs) Well, I spent 21 years in Johannesburg and it was, uh, let's just say it was everything I didn't want. Johannesburg was a tough, tough place for me spiritually. Um, It is the place where God broke me, molded me, and uh, taught me the things that I I teach today more than any other time. I had a wonderful time when I started out, but uh, God really, really gave me the gears, we call it, in uh, Johannesburg. And then, amazingly, Life happened to me in such a way that I ended up coming to America. The, the guy paid for my ticket to come, and I didn't want to. I, eventually, God spoke to me and said, I want you to go to America. So I came, and uh, that was 12 years ago. I've just not stopped coming since then. It's just been uh, trip after trip. And as soon as I got here, um, it was probably a year or two into it. Um, you must understand it's, it's not easy to be away from your home. It's not easy to be away. Uh, I travel 10 months of the year pretty much. And so it, it's tough really not being around my family. Uh, and of course, after coming to America, God asked me a question. We were singing that song, here I am to bow down, here I am to worship, here I am to say that you're my God. And as I was singing that song, God stopped me and said, am I? And I went, Lord, Lord, what are you asking? He, and we sang it again, and he said again, am I your God? And I said, what do you want, Lord? And he said to me, would you go anywhere in the world that I want you to go? Up until this time, it was easy. It was South Africa, America, South Africa, America. And with the, I, I just, I didn't really want to answer because I knew what it meant. I was now never going to see my family or my friends or anything. And I said, you know, Lord. And it ended up that um, I then uh, got sent to Asia and Australia, many other places. I've been everywhere except South America. And uh, so it is there that I met um, my precious wife, who is a Thai. She speaks Thai. Are there any Thai people in this place? Anybody can speak Thai? Praise God. Okay, then I don't feel bad because I can't speak it yet. And so uh, married my daughter. My daughter didn't raise her hand. She can speak Thai perfectly. She is Thai. And, uh, and so started a wonderful relationship with the most godly woman I've ever met in my life. And she continues to be outstanding. She is very excited that I'm coming here today. She said last night, she said, I'm praying for you, Yanni. Um, as you go to this new church so uh, this is a joy for me I'm uh, I'm looking forward in fact before I came I said Lord I ask you to open new doors for me to significant churches and uh, I feel today is a significant day it's it's really exciting for me do you say amen ever okay that's great I really feel it's a significant day and uh I believe God is cleverer than us, and he knows how to arrange things. I was supposed to be in Virginia today, in a place called Dale City, uh, but that got postponed, and uh, I think it got postponed for you. It did get postponed for me. So pray for me that I preach a good sermon today, okay? (laughs) All right. Do you mind if I prophesy a little bit? I just want to bring the word of the Lord to a few people um, because uh, God shows me some things. Um, so where is Natalie? Little Natalie, that's it. I felt the Lord say that Natalie is going to be like a tree that has tremendously big uh, branches, uh, covered in leaves all the time, and that through the years, people are going to find shade and shelter and safety around her. She's going to carry a tremendous uh, ability to make people want to be near her, um, and she'll have the skills and the gifts to bring people through their dark days. So we just bless her with that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. This dear brother here, what's your name, sir? John. Uh, John, the Lord just showed me as I walked past you, going to the, we call it a bathroom. I know it's the wrong word. I don't shower there. <laughs> it's a restroom, right? As I, he showed me to the restroom. And uh, the Lord just said, he's going to show you how to bring men who do not know how to come under authority, He's going to show you how to bring men under authority. He showed me a wild horse, and he showed me the bridle going in the mouth, and you wisely brought this horse into a place of, of um, obedience, a place of strength but obedience. And I feel that the Lord's giving you a ministry to up-and-coming young men that uh, really have a heart to serve God but have never had a model And I've never had a strength. And I feel like God says, I'm going to work with you. There's some things I'm going to adjust in you. uh, Because I'm going to show you what it takes to be a man that walks the model of what you're going to mentor. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Um, And the man who gave the announcements. What's your name, my brother? Matt? Two Matts. I met two Matts today. Matts... I saw the Lord take you onto a field and it was an open field and there was a tree and there was a marker on the tree and he put in your hand a bow and he put, put on your back a number of arrows and he started to show you how to shoot accurately and how to hit the mark whenever you did something for him. And I feel like the Lord is going to train you to be a man of God that has tremendous skills in the realm of being able to affect people, influence people, spur people on to greater things. And so don't take lightly your walk. Don't, don't think you're just one of the people. I feel like the Lord says, take seriously what he's doing with you. And that's your wife? It, I hope so. You've got your arm around her. <laughs> Um, take seriously what you're doing for the Lord. It's it, it's your season. Uh, he's going to accelerate the process. Don't be confused about it. Just receive it and uh, be faithful. Don't don't pull back. Don't don't stand in the background. Press in. Believe for great things. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Sorry, ladies. I I I, I haven't got any. La- oh, I did. I've got Natalie, That's okay. <laughs> Yeah. When I came to Christ um, in nineteen seventy-five, I I really I really found a passion coming out in my life. And the passion was I, I could not see that Christians were living what the Bible said. Wherever I looked, there were the Bible was full of stuff, promises. The Bible was full of commands. The Bible uh, uh, seemed to talk to me about a, a height of life, a quality of life that was way beyond the average human being. So, so Christians were supernatural; they were not natural. So, so, I saw when Christians got born again, dr- they took a dramatic. It was a dramatic event in life that you shifted from being one person to becoming another person. Thank you. So so the, the fact of the matter is that what I realized is that while this Bible spoke in such incredible language, very few found the way. And I... And I I I dedicated myself to being as obedient as I could be, as committed as I could be. I I remember praying my first prayer after I got born again. And the prayer was this, Lord, I will never miss another meeting. I will never play games with you. And for 40 years now, 41 years, I have walked as well as I can Uh, in in obedience, and in in trying to believe God for the promises that he has given. Today, my wife and I um, live a very simple life. We receive no salary. We have no supporters. I travel the world 10 months. I fly on airplanes that cost a lot of money. I live in hotels nearly every day of my life. I have to fill vehicles up with petrol. I have to eat food. Um, And on top of that, we have to buy simple things at home, like a house and furniture. And we've got to have a vehicle and so on. And my daughter can tell you that um, in the, the nine years that we've been married, my wife and I, that we now own three properties. God has given us a, a bus, a 10-seater bus that takes people around when we do a specific training program. We have everything we need. When I call it in, God gives it to me. We live a supernatural life. I've seen people raised from the dead, healed. I've seen prophetic words become a reality. I've lived in the, in the glory of God's goodness. I'm a very simple man. I really am. Before I went into the ministry, I never had a pub- public oral in my whole life. I couldn't speak in front of people. But I found a promise in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 to 7, that since you received Christ, you have been enriched in all ways, in all utterance. There it is. So when I received Jesus, my ability to speak was enhanced. So was yours. And so I claimed that, and I stepped out with fear and trepidation one evening. And I said, I want to share something with the congregation. And as I was talking, something broke. And you've never been able to keep me quiet since then. I talk non-stop. Uh, God has touched my mouth so that people are healed while I talk. People are delivered while I talk. People are set free. Marriages are pulled back together. Miracles take place as I speak. Because if we give ourselves to him totally, he can totally work through us. You give him a little... He can only do a little. But if you give him all, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things are added unto you. We are a walking testimony of how that works. I've never begged for money, I've never asked anybody to help me carry me. God has always looked after us. Folk, I, I so wanted to see that become a reality. That I said to the Lord, Lord, what are are the the core things that will make us this type of person? How can you become an outstanding Christian? How can you become a person that deeply pleases God? How can you be a person that God uses in amazing ways? I want to suggest to you four, I, I haven't got time to go longer. I want to suggest four simple uh, principles that we need to have in our lives, have built into ourselves, that will make us the people that make a difference in this world. The very first uh, principle I believe we should adopt, and that is we should live a life of sacrifice. We should live a life of sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable before God. This is your reasonable service, that you might know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You can only know where God wants to take you when you've given yourself to God in the way He wants you. I'll say that again. You can only go where God wants to take you when you give yourself unreservedly to God. Many of us are frustrated in our Christianity because we, we give him a little. He does not own everything. He does not own our marriages totally sometimes. He doesn't own our finances sometimes. He doesn't own our, our, our going and coming, our businesses, our work life, our private life. And only when we fully give ourselves to God in every area is God able to do what he wants to do with us? Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, it's a very interesting study. He, In the temple he did, that he dedicates, there is an altar. You know, of course, there's a brazen altar. But what he did is he built himself a small replica of that altar so that when he dedicated the temple, he got onto this little altar. And he was saying, I am yours. Before I give you this temple, I give you myself. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, the Christian life is not Pentecost. It's Plentecost. It means I give everything. We bring the what of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise. You and I need to understand that when we come into a meeting like this, we don't casually approach God. We come with something that has cost us. So we spend time in prayer. We've sought after God. When we worship, we we lift our hands, clap our hands, dance. We do whatever it takes to express, God, I love you, and I'm giving myself to you. I honor you. I respect you. I am yours. So many times I, I watch Christians uh, <laughs> praise God and, uh, man, it, it, you, you would think they're going through trauma. <laughs> My daughter and I were talking th- uh, yesterday and uh, we're talking about whether or not it's right to dance. I said, well, turn to Psalm 150 because it says that we need to dance before the Lord. You you see, our opinions are one thing, God's commands are another thing. This isn't, I'll do it if you want me to. This is, I'll do it because I've read it, it's become a revelation to me, therefore, I must respond. So when I come into his presence, I come with an offering. I come with praise. I come with thanksgiving. I come with joy. Though my heart is breaking, I put on joy. It's a sacrifice. It's a way of life. A Christian can never do what they're supposed to do if they've not developed a sacrificial heart. (laughs) Well, I'm sure I've got some Scottish in me somewhere because when I first got born again, I saw all these Christians sticking money into the, the offering, you know. They kept coming around with these, these offering baskets. It irritated the hangout of me. And so the one day I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give. And I, I had a small denomination note, but I didn't want to give it fully. I wanted change. So I put, I put the note in and then I pulled the basket back and I took out the change that I wanted and I said, the guy can carry on. I, it was painful to give to God. I was going to ask, who feels like it? But I, I'm not going to expose you. It's painful to give to God. Just you know, the, the, the one Christian came to me and he said, you've got a tithe. I said, who says I've got a tithe? He said, read it. Today, some people don't believe in tithing. They, they say tithing is, it is an Old Testament model. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. As long as you go with what the Bible says. The old covenant was not as good as the new covenant. This is a better covenant. We are given more in this covenant, right? Yeah. Well, if we're given more, then no problem, let's, over, let's, let's beat the 10%. So let's go for 15%. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't mind if you don't like tithing. That's not a problem as long as you beat what is Old Testament. You do better than Old Testament. Some people go into shock when they hear me talk about this. But I want to tell you something. Christianity isn't that I give God 10%. It's that God owns all that I have. So God comes along and says, give away your car, son. And I say, are you talking to me? That's happened four times to a poor pastor. I've had to give away four vehicles. Was it tough? You better believe it. Never was it easy to give away my car. But God said, and so God could trust me with anything. I was in a meeting with Reinhard Bunker. You, you guys know Reinhard Bunker, right? I was in a meeting with Reinhard Bunker um, in, in Zimbabwe years ago, and he stood up to speak and finished. And then said, we want to make a call for six sound systems. Six sound systems. Oh, they there. And we would like six people or six churches to feel uh, the call of God to respond to that. So I'm looking around as to who's going to be the, 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 the givers. And my hand is up. So they said, thank you, Pastor Yanni. Anybody else? And I'm sitting here going, I didn't want to say yes, guys. That was a mistake. (laughs) This is October. Comes November. No money. Comes near the end of November. They wanted it at the beginning of December. I phoned the office embarrassed. I haven't got the money. Phone the office, the lady on the other side, um, I know very well, who's, who works for Pastor Reinhardt. She says, hi, Pastor Yanni, how are you? So I said, I'm fine, thanks. I'm just phoning about that sound system. She says, I know, I'm so embarrassed that I haven't phoned you and said, thank you. I said, this is Pastor Yannel. She said, I know who you are. She said, you were the first to respond and the first to give the sound system. So I went, really? (laughs) When did it arrive? You understand, when God gets you to, to go for something, it doesn't matter what you got. Give me five loaves and two fish, and I'll multiply it. You see, we we don't see the miraculous because we don't live in the realm of sacrifice. Somebody say amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, if you live a safe life, well, then you're going to be like everybody else on earth. If you never learn to write big checks, if you never learn to bless people, that it moves your heart. How can God bless you back? Oh well we don't give to get. Well it's okay if that's your theology. I give to get. Come on, God use your brain. What you sow, you shall reap. The measure you measure will be measured back to you. It's a biblical principle. You put in a seed, you get a harvest. But most people don't know how to give a seed. Most people don't know how to give something. Sacrifice is at the key to Christianity. Because sacrifice works like this. When I I meet a person that I don't. What's your name, brother? Chad. Chad. If I meet Chad, are you the. If I meet Chad and I don't like him, I like you, okay? So please don't get into it. But I meet Chad, I don't like him. He's sort of this overbearing, pushy being that that's, gets in my nostril. And so now, I have a choice as a Christian to give him what? Love. Do I feel like it? I live a life of what? Sacrifice. The key to every, every sin you want to break is that you do what you don't feel like. You put off. So you can put on. You understand what I'm saying? So the very first core principle of Christianity is sacrificial living. If you're not a sacrificial giver, you're not a sacrificial liver, then I want to tell you now, you have never seen the miraculous in your environment. You have never seen God do great things for you that he has planned to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man those things which God has prepared for them who love him. Ephesians 3, 20, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or imagine is what God wants to do for you. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that what? You might have life abundantly. Why do we sign up for Christianity when we want to live like everybody else? Why do we do that? Sacrifice. Number two, selflessness. Selflessness. Do you know the, problem, the biggest problem in any marital difficulty? Selfishness. It's what I can get. It's what you're giving me. I'm, I'm keeping a tab of your love to me. Yet the Bible makes it absolutely plain that the key to love is for God so loved the world that he gave. Today what we've got to build into our children is an attitude of selflessness. We've got to create another culture counter to this world. This world teaches you to get what you want. This world holds in front of you every billboard everywhere holds in front of you, you can have this. You can, you know, when you're traveling overseas, you can go and do this. If you've got the money, you can buy this. And we live in this world of, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. i want all the time. It's about me. And yet Jesus makes it absolutely plain in the beginning of his walk with his disciples. He says, if you want to come after me, Take up your cross. What's? A, no. There's one more. Deny yourself and follow me. Take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. Are you a person that gets up in the morning and says, "I will not do what I want to do. I'll do what God wants me to do." Do you give yourself every morning, take one step to the right, say, "Holy Spirit, I'm yours." No matter what I want to do, no matter where I want to go, I will submit to you. So you want me to, I carry money in my pocket all the time. The reason for that is because if God speaks to me, I'm ready to give. Before I came here today, in this pocket is money and in this pocket is money. This is the money I've planned to give as offering. I've already planned I don't sit there looking at my money saying, you know, I'm just a poor pastor. I've traveled the world. I, I must hold on to what I've got. I know very well that if I want to see God move, I've got to sow. I've got to do what I don't naturally want to do. Today, I love giving. I never used to. I broke the back of self in the realm of finances. Selfishness in children is a horrible thing. I want this. I want gets nothing. I'm sorry, I, I, I come from a biblical model. The biblical model is children bend. Children do not stand straight and say, I want. Doesn't work like that. I know it's going to go quiet now. But I just want to tell you something. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from them. It's like golf. (laughs) Foolishness is gone. The world today says you can't touch a kid. The Bible says a father who does not discipline his child hates his child. Spare the rod and you'll spoil the child. But I don't want to go all the way down there. I'll just just touch on it. I just want to say what we should do is when there is cake on the table and we've got some guests, right? There may be eight pieces of cake. We've got six guests. And Johnny. Five guests and Johnny. Five, six, seven, yes. So one piece is sitting on the table. And little Johnny goes out. Cake is annihilated in seconds. And the next thing in, he walks again. His eyes are on what? The cake. And he's coming towards it. And I say, Johnny, pick up the plate and go to the guests and offer them first. And Johnny goes through trauma. You know what I'm talking about? Because if you never teach your kids to serve others first. Selfishness will dominate their lives into marriage and the wife or the husband has to fix the selfish little brat that you never did. <laughs> Biggest problem in marriage is I want. You don't open the door for me, you don't kiss me, you don't hug me, you don't scratch my back. My wife is Thai. Massage is very important to her. Every night I have to massage her feet. Ask her. And man, does she only make sure she gets it. Comes <laughs> <laughs> Bedtime. She's a very, very funny girl. Short little thing like this. I go to bed. Good night, my babe. Sleep tight. Yanni, I go to bed. Sleep well. Walks to the switches. Click, click, click. All the lights are off. I sit in darkness. She closes the door into the bedroom. I don't move. I just sit there. So she goes, opens the door. Yanni, you know your job. So don't move. The last one is, Yanni, are you coming now or do you want trouble? (laughs) Massage. I walk into the bedroom and her leg just shoots straight out with her foot waiting for a massage every night. (laughs) It's a game with us. Do I want to do it? Yes. Because I found out in giving you get I want to tell you, I have the most unbelievable wife. She's gold. She's a precious, precious person. She will do anything for me because I'll do anything for her. Teach your family, teach your, your environment, teach your church to be selfless. Teach young men to stand at the, at the door when people arrive with umbrellas when it's raining so that older people, old ladies who've just had their hair done, don't have to get out and get in, you know what I mean? We, we, should, we should be the model of selflessness in the world. And we pull in, somebody's taken my parking. I knew I parked in somebody's place today. I'm really sorry, whoever you are. I just took a place. Because every church has their parking places, right? That's where I like to park. Well, that's where I like to sit. I went to a church in Huntingdon. it's called Huntingdon Chapel uh, in Shelton. And uh, I've got my chair. I'm the visiting pastor. I like a chair next to me where I put my bag and my things. And then I sit down and then everybody else can have what they want. And I preach in this church year after year. And all of a sudden, I feel this guy behind me. Like pushing into my space. I'm busy praising the Lord, and I'm ready to really praise the Lord. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just give this guy a whack. Who does he think he is? He's pushing into my chair. Can you believe this? <laughs> Eventually, this guy now puts his Bible under my, my chair. He is literally going to push me out. So I think, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to sort this guy. So as I'm, I'm doing this thinking, God says to me, what are you doing? So he's taking my chair. You know what I mean, something like that. So, the Lord says, just love him. So I turn around, I take his hand and I shake his hand. I say, hi, my name's Jan. And he goes, Oh, my name is Andrew. And I realize I'm dealing with a mentally challenged human being who is always sat in that chair. This is his church. This is where his family is. That's his chair. And he has this selfish pastor who thinks I have a right to get what I want. Instead of... Putting aside myself, say, "How can I serve you?" We fight over parking places. We 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 do all types of silly things instead of being people who deny ourselves. That takes us to the third point, and that is servant-heartedness. Servant-heartedness. Jesus modeled all these on the last night he was on earth. So Jesus, when he is just about to be taken to the cross, it says in John chapter 13, knowing that all things had been handed into his power, that he was over all things, he took a towel and he took a basin and he washed his disciples' feet. They said, what are you doing? He said, I set you an example. Your and my duty, ladies and gentlemen, is to serve one another. How can I help you? How can I make your life a little better? Not how can I dominate you, not how can I manipulate you, but how can I serve you? What can I do for you today? Can I carry your bag for you? Can I open the door for you? I was in New York and uh, got to a a a building, and there was a lady behind me. Where I come from, you open doors for ladies. So I opened the door, and she stopped. She said, you're not from here, are you? (laughs) I said, how did you know that? She says, nobody opens doors anymore. We don't say thank you anymore. People serve us. The whole night a a waiter, waitress will serve us and and at the end we will just stand up and walk away. Last night we were at a friend's house and uh, the man went out and bought the most unbelievable steaks. It was great, Norman. We ate such good food, but they took time and care to prepare it for us. And I want to tell you, I said thank you I don't know how many times. Because this is the will of God concerning you, 1 Thessalonians 5, that you are thankful. So many Christians are depressed because they haven't learned the keys. The key is live for others, don't live for yourself. Stop worrying about you. I want to tell you, you start serving other people, you'll find your woes disappear and your troubles are gone. Right? Last one. Everybody says, praise God. <laughs> Last one. <No>. Praise God. <laughs> I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. The, what's the first one? What's the second? What's the third? The fourth one is sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We are not, our, we are not ours. We are His. I don't care what job you got. Listen to me. I don't care if you're the, the, the CEO of the biggest corporation in town. It moves me not. Jesus is King. That's it. And when you bow to him, you don't give him a part of your life, you give him all. The sign that you're a big man or a big woman is that you know how to bow the knee. That's the sign. I am unimpressed with people who live their own lives. Unimpressed with people who do not seek the direction of the Holy Ghost before they do what they they want to do. That before every day, I told you we, we stand up we take one step to the right and we say, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Show me today what you want me to do. Show me what's coming. So before I even go into life, I know that today I need to do A, B, C. And I make sure they are done. Phone this one, email this one, give some money to this one, go and fix the house for this one. I want to tell you the miracles come because we listen to God. The miracles happen because we do what God says. When I came here today, the Lord says, you don't start preaching until you move in the Spirit. Done. Learning to hear God all the time In all, Psalm 37 verse 4, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Your life is difficult, your life is a mess because you've made up your own mind, you've made your own decisions, you've chosen, God never chose. See, because God often tells you to do what seems, uh, it violates your uh, brain It makes no sense. I want to tell you God seldom tells you to do something that absolutely makes sense. I hear God uh, throughout my life tell me to do the most difficult things. I do them. And I want to tell you it turns out to be the best thing I've ever done in my life. I want to tell you coming to America was traumatic for me. I really did not like Americans. I'm sorry to tell you. I grew up in a British environment and they taught us to dislike Americans. And when I got here, I realized I'm going to have to come here ongoingly with no money. No money. I paid to come to a place I didn't want to come to. That's stupid. Today it's the very best thing I've ever done. Some of my greatest friends in life are right here. I love Americans. You are so courageous. You are so innovative. You are so confident. I love your ways. I don't love everything about you, just like we don't love everything about everybody. But I tell you, you you are an outstanding group of people. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I cry for this Connecticut because people think they are, they, they are intellectually arrogant. They think they do not have to listen like a little child to God. They do what they want. May God deliver us. I pray you hear my sermon today and the Holy Ghost grabs your heart and does not let you walk out and be the big deal on the street again, but you humble to the Holy Ghost. That you'll serve people that you don't even like. My wife and I lost a story. My wife and I were uh, driving in an area of Thailand called Kanchanaburi. Kanchanaburi, you won't know it probably, But you will know it from this. The movie Bridge Over the River Kwai was done in Kanchanaburi. So the the Kwai River runs through the mountains there. And my wife and I went up there because what we do is we do every year a thing called an apostolic adventure. And so we bring people from around the world who want to find their life destiny and find the strategy to get there. So we bring them into a place for six days, 24-7, and we train them as, as to how to find what God is saying. We bring prophetic direction to them, and uh, there's not been a, a, a failure in uh, 10 years. Everybody gets transformed. So <laughs> we are up looking for another place because we want to take young people. I like young men about 20 to 35 years old who've never had dads, so they've never had a model. I want to try and be a model to them and train them in the principles of the kingdom. Five things I want to train them. It's another, another story. I can't talk to you today about that. So I've developed all types of things to cause churches to move forward, to cause the, the people to be equipped and enabled at levels they've never been before. And So we're looking for this place where we're going to do this work, and uh, we, we drive up to a, a, a resort, Just before we get there, there's a village on the side. Now, please understand, Thailand is 99.4% Buddhist. Only 0.6% are Christians or other types. That's it. So everybody you meet is a Buddhist. That's it. So we're driving through this area, and here's this little village, and the Holy Spirit says to my wife, pay attention. So now she's driving like this, looking, 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 looking. All of a sudden she says, "Jenny, did you see that? And I said, no, what? She said, the cross, the cross in that house. And I looked, and of course I'm looking on the house, I don't see any cross. So I missed it. I said, I I can't see it. She says, do you mind if we come back tomorrow whether we can visit these people? So I said, with pleasure. And I know she's going to give them money, she's going to bless, I know how she is. (laughs) <laughs> Just like okay, there goes a whole lot more money, that's for sure. Anyway, we come back and we get to the the house and here it is a massive wooden cross in the front of his yard, pegged in the ground. I'm like, wow. This guy's serious. I mean he's not playing games. This is a serious Christian. They we'll walk up to the, the door. No, sorry, we didn't walk up to the door, the door was closed. And Sarah says to me, she says, Yanni, if the door's closed in Thailand, it's not a good idea to go and bother them. If the door's open, that means you're welcome. So she pulls off. And as she pulls off, the Holy Spirit says to me, go back. I said, say, the Lord's told us we must go back. Let's go back. She reverses, park the car, get out, walk to the door. Knock on the door. Takes a, a little while. And here comes this man who's totally emaciated. I mean, his legs are like this. He is is at death's door. There's no question about that. And a short while later, his daughter arrives, the same state with a disease on her eye. She's lost her eye. And they're both standing there. They look terrible. And so we said to them, hi, sorry to bother you. Basically, we were just here to bless you, you know, as Christians. God said, I'm not a Christian. I so, well, what's the cross out there? He said, oh, that, that's a symbol I carry everywhere. I love the symbol. And wherever I go, I put that symbol down. So I said to him, do you know what it means? No idea. I said, that, that symbol is the gospel of Jesus. For God so loved, loved you that he gave his only son to die on a cross, that if you'll believe on him, he'll give you eternal life. He'll forgive you of all your sins. He and his daughter, i said it longer than that, but he and his daughter are crying. I said, would you like to receive him as Lord and Savior? They said, for sure. They prayed the prayer right there and then. Finished with that, the guy says, I want to tell you a story. Two nights ago, A man came to me on my dream. He was in white. He didn't speak, but his eyes spoke to me. And his eyes said, everything is going to be okay. He said, I want to tell you what happened today. Today, my daughter and I ate the last of our rotten rice. I closed the door and I said to her, sweetheart, we're going to die here today. We're lying down, and nobody's going to help us because he's got the cross up. No one comes near him. And as he lay on the mat, they had given up on life. And he said, here you are. And Sarah being Sarah, you know what women are like. It's got this basket with sandwiches and fruit, and she runs to the car, grabs it, gives it to them. I've just drawn a wad of money from the ATM. I mean, I've got a wad of money like this. I give him everything I've got. He said, my, my son said he's coming in a month's time. He says, we'll be able to last for a month on this. What if we never listened to the Holy Spirit? What are the chances of being in the mountains of Thailand? And here is a man that Jesus has come to visit. And he's ready for salvation. And he's ready for a miracle. We laid hands on them both. And we commanded life on them. We commanded healing on them. I know the Lord has restored them. Do you hear what I'm saying? How many times do you go past people in a day that just need your your touch, that just need a word from you, that need to hear from God from you? How many times do you think God wants to come through you to a person and give them what they don't have? How many times have you been desperate in God and cried out and said, God, please help me? And you've had to weather it by yourself because somebody hasn't listened. Can you imagine what this world would be like if we listened to the Holy Ghost? We've got to build this into our lives. Oasis, listen to me. You need to become a model, a place that lives these core values. You've got to build them into your life. You've got to become an outstanding man and woman of God. You've got to be able to be used by God at a moment's notice because you are sacrificial. You are selfless. You are servant-hearted, and you are sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Then you will see success and the supernatural in a way you've never seen it before. Amen. Please reach out your hand. I just want to bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray upon this church a, a brand new blessing. I pray the blessing that they would prosper in all their ways. I pray their homes would find peace. I speak peace into households. I pray, Lord, over them that they would start to see you in a way they've never seen you before, that they'd walk with you in a way that is unique, that, Father, this would be a place of healing and deliverance and wholeness and salvation. That Lord, this, these numbers would not just be here because they, they're doing their normal Sunday thing, but they would come ready to move in the power of Almighty God. So bless them, keep them, make your face to shine upon them. Would you lift up your countenance upon them, and give them peace in Jesus' name. And we all agreed and received it and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you.